Broadcasting from Alito to Alton, from Champaign to Chicago, and from Robinson to Rockford, this is the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. The Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Uh, you know, got a note from Northern California last week saying uh, they love the show. Thank you very much. Uh, we're glad to oblige. Larry Smith, Mike Hagley, Brad Sturdy saying welcome to October and another Illini football weekend. Illinois hosting Charlotte Saturday at Memorial Stadium. Lots of football to talk about, of course. We've got former Illini Sports Information Director and one of the preeminent Illini historians, Mike Pearson, is on the show. He is standing by on our Newsmaker line. We'll talk to him here in just a few moments. Uh, Illini Assistant Basketball Coach Jeff Alexander, the pride of Lincoln, Illinois, talked with uh, Sturdy and Mike earlier this week. We'll listen in on that. And another Central Illinois product, Tim Sinclair. He's a public address announcer for the Chicago Bulls, Chicago Bears, and more. And he joins us in just a bit. So it is a fun and filled first hour here on the Sports Spectacular. But gentlemen, we start. Let's uh, let's let's just go and put it to bed. The Illini and Purdue. Ooh, and that was not a not a fun ending, was it? I mean, you know, it's the weird part is you you lead you have the lead in the fourth quarter and you found a way to lose again. Um, hopefully they're going to find a way to win uh, later on in the season or maybe down the road in the next couple of years, because um, it, it's kind of, uh, it, it's one of those, it's so gut wrenching to lose games like this. It's almost more fun when you lose 42 to 14 to Virginia. Yeah. I, I have to admit that was one of the more frustrating moments. Um, I just don't know that I would have punted after calling a timeout. But we know that's been beat up all week. Really? But I've never. I, I know. <laughs> I've I, I've yeah. been stopped by Illini fans going punt, punt, and I'm like, great. And I live in Texas. Um, but the bottom line is, is that you know I've never had a time when I go the ball was you know down on the six yard line, and I've never had such a a bunch of impending doom as going. My God, they only have nine. They only have you know ninety four yards to go, and by gosh, if it didn't turn out wrong, I understand what coach was trying to do. I think I would have tried to get the a little more points and a little more time off that clock. But hey, the good news, Mike, is last week or two weeks ago, it was eighty six yards to do it. And then it was ninety four yards. They're going to make him go ninety nine this week to beat him. So we're going to pin him on the one. And see if they can go 99. We're going to really find it. We're going to find that distance that we can stop them. Well, we certainly know what the Detroit coach felt like. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine the, uh, the collapse of Illini Nation if Charlotte goes 99 yards for the game when he scores in the fourth quarter? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't want to imagine it, nor do I not want to experience it. Hey, I'll call, I'll call back to a memory. Do you remember the Penn State game when they pinned Kerry Collins and crew? And they went all they went the length of the field against the Illini defense. It was like, I mean, that defense was really good too. Um, and uh yeah, that was that was brutal too. So I'm gonna take the fifth amendment on that. <laughs> <laughs> More painful moments. Hopefully we can begin to yes. bear some of those uh tough loss uh, last week. So we begin anew this week. Illinois uh, now stepping out of conference for the last time this season to take on the Charlotte 49ers. We've already seen what an opponent from a lesser conference can do in UTSA. Uh, Charlotte beat Duke earlier this year, guys, coming in three and one on the season. Yeah, this this is going to be a moment 
where I am really hoping the Illini have a lot of pent up anger that they're going to take out on Charlotte because they, there's no way they should take this team lightly after UTSA and they dang well ought to be pretty upset about the last couple of weeks and wanting to dish out some punishment. Let's hope they do that. You, you got to wonder like who made this schedule because I mean, UTSA is good. Like they're yeah. a good team. I mean, they're good. I mean, and it, that would have been a nice win. Um, and, and Charlotte's good. I mean, they they beat they are well coached. They already beat Duke. Uh, th- this is not. And then you're at Virginia for your other non conference. I mean, obviously the, those are three non conference games that there's no critters in that mix. So that that's well, a tough one. So I, I think this is going to be a tough game. I think Illinois better be ready to play. Hopefully they're going to be healthy again uh, defensively and also get a little bit healthier on offense maybe, and uh, they can uh, find a way to come out on top at home. Yeah, and I I think it might be worth having Dick Vitale define the word cupcake for whoever is putting together the Illini schedule, because if we're going to serve cupcakes, let's make sure they taste good. And I didn't like the UTSA cupcake and the Charlotte one's scaring me. (laughs) No sci-fi, but we got cupcakes. We got bacon. Bacon (laughs) I know. I've I've totally switched my game up. Okay. I'm a, I'm a five tool player. (laughs) <laughs> something something I, that's one thing i've never heard mike cagley five tool <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> what void void from the uh, vocabulary we have not done that uh yet we've got we'll hear more from you guys uh, coming up we're going to hear also from brett bielema uh coming up in our, our second hour because we again are jam-packed here in the first hour a lot more to talk about alina and charlotte the time right now for a quick break when we return Homecoming is next week, and as you know, homecoming began on the campus of the University of Illinois. We will talk with Illini and Big Ten history buff, former Illinois Sports Information Director Mike Pearson. That is next on the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Are you tired of your website making your business look bad? Is your current web developer dropping the ball? Let's face it, if your website isn't making you money, it's broken. Let Neon Rain create a website that turns your visitors into customers. Neon Rain has worked with hundreds of businesses across North America, building custom websites and applications with modern designs that are easy to update and work well on mobile devices. They can do it for you, too. What sets Neon Rain apart? They actually deliver on their promises. Call today for a a free consultation 303-957-3092 that's neon rain at 303-957-3092 or visit them at neonrain.com planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business whether it's a leaky roof windows or door worn out siding or paint outdated kitchen bathroom or basement look no further than hx home solutions your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions, 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimate. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. The Illini Guys Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com, continues right now with our Newsmaker line presented by Busey Bank. And we've got a very special guest with us here 
on the show. Uh, Mike Pearson, he's a former sports information director at Illinois. Um, and, and if you, if you follow his stuff on, on social media, this guy, um, is, is like a big 10 historian. I mean, he, he has got, uh, just some great perspectives. Mike, welcome to the show. I appreciate it, Larry. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah. Good to talk with you. It's been a while since you and I have, uh, have seen each other, uh, in Champaign. Um, let me start with, tell everyone kind of what you're doing right now with your website and, and the things that you're involved in. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm now, uh, eight years retired. Uh, my, my last job, and I live in Oxford, Ohio, so that's the home of the cradle of coaches. And uh, so Miami University uh, has a lot of uh, football history here. Uh, so when I stepped away, I knew I had to stay busy in some way, shape, or form with the uh, you know, sports world and sports history because that's what I do. That's, that's how my brain is, is programmed. So... I decided that, well, let's, let's put together a website that, you know, folks can uh, kind of have fun with. Uh, and, and my two specialties are my former employer, the University of Illinois, and my alma mater, Michigan State. So I have, uh, I have considerable trivia bouncing around in my head that, that I have either experienced personally or have you know seen through the years, and I, I've studied it uh, pretty extensively. Um, you know, in writing my book, oh, on our legends, listen, lore, back in '96, it really tuned me into you know all the personalities that have made up the, that this great university at uh, University of Illinois, and so we've uh, we've kind of triggered that and made that part of uh, this website, which is called sportsll.com. So the L's are stand for legends, lists, and lore, sportsll.com. Uh, and uh, folks who have uh, Illini ties or Michigan State ties or just sports ties, uh, I think we'll have some fun, you know, hearing some voices that they haven't heard seeing some videos of historical nature uh, and, and learning, uh, you know, some little uh, known and maybe, maybe uh, irrational trivia that, that uh, I, I come up with every once in a while. It, it's a, it's a great site. Now I, I admit that my brain is wired like yours is I'm a trivia idiot, or as my wife might say, I'm a trivial idiot. Uh, one of the two, but either one, I'll, I'll take that. Um, and it, it is really neat to go through and, and to, to, I think to understand really, um, I just, I get a, it was a neat experience for me. I was at the Nebraska game, um, you know, a few weeks ago, and it was my first time at Memorial Stadium to see a football game. I've been there for other events, but to see football in 30 years. And I spent some time after the game just walking the halls and remembering what it was like to first walk in there as a, as a teenager on a tour. Um, I just think there's just great history and it's fun to kind of, um, get a feel for those people who have come before us and how the sport was was viewed and reported on back in the day. Well, there's a long history. It, uh, of course, all dates back to 1890. Uh, really didn't get going until about uh, the Bob Zupke years when, when he showed up in 1913. And then this uh, guy from Wheaton showed up uh, uh, named Grange and kind of put the University of Illinois on the map in a huge way. Uh, I mean, it was national news. Uh, you know, of course, the newspaper 
was the was the primary uh, vehicle uh, of media in those days. Uh, it um, became kind of a drawing card to the University of Illinois, and I, I really credit Red Grange for helping the university uh, grow to the status uh, that it enjoys today. Yeah, no question about it. And of course, uh, his statue now outside the stadium there and what is now Grange Grove that was not around back uh, in, in the day. That's a, that's fairly new or in my 30 year uh, hiatus, we've got homecoming coming up next week, Wisconsin coming into town. Um, for those who, who may not know, tell us how, how homecoming began. It started right there at the university of Illinois. It was, it was accredited uh, in 1910 a couple of uh, alums uh, decided that, you know, they wanted to see their friends again. And uh, so they, they invited them and then their friends invited others. And, and it turned out to be a pretty good gathering uh, that, that very first time. So, you know, we're talking about 111 years ago. And so homecoming and Illinois are synonymous. Yeah, it is. Uh, and let's, let's, for everyone who, uh, uh, listening today, remember there were no smartphones back there. Um, back then, there was no internet, so uh, there was no Facebook. So this was this was how you got a chance to get together. Talking with uh, Mike Pearson here on the Newsmaker Line, presented by by Busey Bank. Um, you know, Mike, it's it, the university. I think has done a great job of really embracing and telling that history. I recommend anyone going to a game at Memorial Stadium to go in early or stay late and just take some time to just walk through. There's a it's almost like done like a, the, the mural. There's almost like a museum of, of the great players through the years, uh, the names like Grange or even, you know, Buddy Young, who was the first um, star African-American athlete, uh, really around the Jackie Robinson days. Am I getting this right? Like mid to late forties. Uh, it was in the uh, mid forties. Yep. Uh, Buddy Young was uh, this little twerp of a guy. Who, who stood no more than five, five. I, I got to met, uh, meet Buddy uh, back in the 70s. Uh, and he, I was just shocked at how small he was. However, he had the quickest feet going in those days. And uh, he could get around the end and, and make some uh, big uh, time uh, yardage. Uh, but you talk about the history. If anybody goes to the University of Illinois, certainly you see the columns up above. They need to make a trip up there and understand why that place was built. It was built as an homage to the Illini students and faculty who served in World War I. And George Huff, who was the uh, uh, director of athletics in those days, decided you know this was going to be a legacy for those individuals. So there's 183 columns uh, upstairs uh, in those in that big big hallway, and and so I really encourage fans to go up there and just get a. It's a special place that makes one understand, you know, what's really important. You know, these these are people who who gave their lives uh, in in time of battle and. And, uh, you know, the stadium, of course, is approaching uh, its 100th year. We're in our 98th year right now. So in 2023, it'll be this, uh, a centennial celebration. And I know the uh, U of I folks are, are uh, creating a, a plan right now to, to help make that a special year. 
and and that will be and you're right it to go up there you know i think the only thing compare that would compare to that would be um the similar columns at at soldier field in right. in chicago but that stadium with with the new stadium being built and they've kind of lost their designation because of that you go up there to the colonnades and it's i mean it's it's humbling it it, it sends chills in my spine every time i'm up there to see that and just to your point to remember why this was built. It was not just a football stadium to replace Illinois Field. Um, it was a cathedral to honor those who had, had served. And then Mr. Grange, of course, had, a, had to put it on the map in 1924, October 18th, 1924, against Michigan. The, the uh, uh, first uh, several times he touched the football, he scored touchdowns. And uh, that made him a legend uh, for all time. I got to meet Red uh, on two different occasions. And, uh, you know, each one was really a special time. You couldn't meet a more humble person. You would have never known that this guy was big time headlines in the, in the 1920s. But he uh, retained his humility. And, and uh, you know, he was such a kind person as well. So, you know, the University of Illinois is made up of individuals Many selfless people. There are some egos. There's no doubt about that. But uh, Red Grange definitely was not an ego-driven person. Talking with Mike Pearson here, the former sports information director at the University of Illinois. We're going to take a quick time out right now here on the Newsmaker Line presented by Busey Bank. More with Mike. And we're going to talk about uh, not so much the history, more about kind of football now. And uh, both yesterday, today, and maybe we'll look ahead as well. You're listening to the Illini Guys Radio Network. Growing your family, opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys Radio Network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Right back here on the Sports Spectacular, Larry Smith talking with Mike Pearson, the former SID at Illinois. Been talking about the the fantastic history that uh, this university and this program has. Let's uh, let's shift forward. It's another big football weekend in Champaign. Charlotte coming to town. Um, boy, Illinois right now at one and four, and it has just been uh, such a tough start, Mike. I know you still follow the program. Um, you know, the reason I, I really hate these past two losses at home to Maryland and at Purdue is because the defense played so well. Um, and fans, you know, can say, well, gee, they could be uh, this record. They could be three and two. They could be four and one. Um, but they're not. Um, but, but help me out with this. I'm not trying to put on rose-colored glasses but I do see some improvement with this team with each week, each time they step out, even though it doesn't show up in the one loss, uh, the win loss column. Well, there's been market improvement over the last two weeks. Uh, again, you, you know, uh, that, that second game was a shocker for many people. Many people didn't realize how good UTSA is still. They know they, they just uh, won another big game uh, this past weekend. Uh, but the last two weeks, uh, you've seen a significant improvement in the defense. And, and I, again, with a little luck and, and, and some, uh, a little more skill perhaps, 
this team could be three and zero in the Big Ten at this point, and people would be talking instead of complaining. So, yeah, again, as we discussed before we went on, this is a program that uh, has been in the basement. And so it takes a while to climb the stairs and get up to that top floor. But I don't think that there is a better person to be at the helm right now than Brett Bielema. He's seen success. He's, he knows what it takes. He's learned under the masters, you know, the Bill Belichick's and, and uh, uh, he was with the New York Giants. So, he, you know, he's, he's been able to take the best of uh, his time. You know, he's experienced some downfall as well at the, at the University of Arkansas. So he's, he's used to that. I, I would just encourage um, University of Illinois fans to keep the faith. You know, this, this is a tough time. And yeah, we could have very easily won these last two games, but there are brighter days ahead, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Tell me about, and this is one thing too, that, and, and I've, I've said this before here on the show and, and on the boards on IlliniGuys.com, and, and, and I'll keep saying this because I really do believe it, that you have to change a culture. Um, and I've referred to the movie Moneyball that Brad Pitt was so fantastic playing Billy Bean. And he walks through after a loss, walks through the tunnel, and he hears music going on at a party in the, in the clubhouse and goes in and destroys the boom box and throws the bat and tells Jeremy Jalmy, get off the table, stop dancing. And he pauses and there's dead silence. And he says, that's what losing sounds like. And he, and he, and he walks out. There, not to say there's partying going on in the only locker room after a loss. I'm not saying that. But, but I, I'm, I'm not sure if because of the history over the last 30 years of this program, I'm not sure losing hurts as much as it needs to. And that's part of the culture change that has to happen. You don't have to agree with that, but tell me what you experienced back when you were here and, and the program was, was enjoying some better days. Well, uh, in my second tour of duty, I was here in the 70s. So the University of Illinois was my very first job from 75 to 79. And, and you know, Bob Blackman had some, had some talent, but that was the days of the big two little eight. And so, you know, <laughs> Illinois didn't really have much of, a, much of a choice in succeeding in those days because, you know, Michigan and Ohio State were loaded. So we flash forward to my second tour of duty. I came back in 1989 to Champaign, and we had a pretty good coach there. His name was Makovic, and he inherited some, some good talent, including a quarterback who went on to become the number one pick in the NFL draft. And, you know, uh, we enjoyed some really uh, uh, great victories in those days, including five in a row against the Ohio State Buckeyes, three in a row in Columbus. So, you know, you, uh, I, I got to enjoy some, some of the real highlights uh, during that second tour of duty. Uh, my, uh, my favorite uh, people are uh, the, the linebackers of that era. You know, the, the, uh, we called them the H boys, yeah. Holotek, Howard, and Hardy. And uh, then there was also this guy named uh, Rice, I believe his name was. He wasn't bad. He wasn't bad. He was a pretty good player too. But you know, uh, you know, we we had uh, the uh, the great pleasure of having two consecutive 
uh, Butkus Award winners in those days. That doesn't happen very often either um, uh, it, in college football history. You know, with Dana and uh, Kevin, and uh, those were those were teams that weren't exactly big winners. Uh, Dana's team was six and five, and Kevin's was five and six. But they had personalities, and uh, they they understood what we needed them to do in terms of publicity and promotion. And they were, uh, so it was, I have nothing but great memories uh, of my time at the University of Illinois. Yeah, those were, uh, were some great times. And to your point, but again, it took the years of Mike White building that. To your point, handing it off to John Makovic and having some continued success individually as well as um, um, with the team. Mike Pearson, once again, the former Sports Information Director, University of Illinois. Uh, some great background on, on this uh, amazing university and uh, this great athletic program as well from your time. Once again, the website is sportsll.com. Be sure to check it out and, uh, and learn some trivia to impress your friends. <laughs> yeah. Also, have them uh, follow me on Twitter at, uh, at Illini Legends. Uh, I think uh, we, we do things on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and uh, they'll learn whose birthday it is uh, that particular day and what happened in history on that day and uh, see some photos that perhaps will uh, trigger some memories. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and, that is, and it's a great follow uh, to look up and see the, uh, the post you have of that day. And I always learn something. Mike, great to talk with you again. Let's, uh, let's get together soon. Hey, Larry, thanks. Okay, thanks. Once again, Mike Pearson uh, joining us here. Quick time out of then much more on the Sports Spectacular. It's Illinois versus Charlotte at Memorial Stadium. We'll get back together with Brad and Mike and talk a little football next on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. You're listening to the Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com on the Illini Guys radio network. Now, let's get back to the studio. Glad you're with us as the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular rolls on. Illinois versus Charlotte in football this weekend. This is also the week when the basketball team officially opens its preseason just three weeks away from the first exhibition game. Illini assistant coach Jeff Alexander appearing on the latest edition of the Sturdy for 30 podcast. Brad and Mike, they do a great job in asking him about his own journey, the overhaul of the staff this summer, and coaching unique talents like Kofi Coburn and Omar Payne. Let's listen in. Now you're back out yeah. traveling, and, and it's been crazy. How's that shaping up, and how are you liking it? it, it it's been good. It's been, uh, you know, we've been ripping and roaring um, since that first day. And, and as you mentioned, it's been, you know, 18 months since we've been able to get out and uh, get off campus, see kids, uh, see them work, uh, talk to them, get to know them, let them get to know us. So it, it was good. Uh, we've been super busy. Um, We've been, uh, you know, scouring the country, hitting guys, uh, our priority guys, you know, going to see new guys. So it's been good. It's been an effective good uh, couple of weeks. How much does it help to be able to see these guys like firsthand? Like, I mean, in there and getting in home, getting face to face, because even when you see them in the summer, you're evaluating, but you don't really get to see them in, in, and really sit down, talk to them as much as you do now in, in this time period. Yeah, and, and and to be honest, you know, big, big difference from evaluating off a of video and evaluating live, um, and we talk about it as a staff. The way we, um, you know, evaluate kids, yes, we're, we're looking for talent, but we're looking for culture pieces, and that, that has been big for us the last, you know, three years since, since, since we got this thing uh, moving in the right direction, and, 
you know, those are the things, you know, body language, how, you know, how they take coaching, how they react to a call, uh, how they react to a teammate uh, that, that doesn't make a good play. Those are the things that, that you're able to see in live evaluation versus, you know, do it on a video. And that's important to us. That's big. That's culture. That's, you know, getting and finding the right pieces to fit what you're about. And uh, it's been good. It's been good. How do you determine, you've got the whole country, you're Illinois, number one seed. How do you narrow it down? There's a lot of great basketball players. How do you narrow it down to the guys that you're going to go out and, and put this full court press on? Well, it's, you know, obviously, you know, um, you know, communicate it. it it's a long prog- uh, process and, and going through it and, you know, from the ground up in the process with each and every kid that we go through and, and finding out what they're about, trying to cut them open, seeing what's inside of them, how they work, how they tick. Um, you know, those are all the things that we're trying to, you know, f- evaluate throughout the early stages of the process. Then you get going deeper into it. That's when you start identifying the, the right pieces. And as I mentioned earlier, culture, um, you know, academics, you know, are they good students? Do they, you know, is that a big, you know, important thing for them? Um, obviously talents, you know, yes, we're, we're looking for that. But those things that go along with the talent is what makes uh, successful kids once they get here. So I got to ask, like, do you ever, have you gone to, I, I always hear these great stories about how, uh, you know, a coach goes to watch a guy play and he, and he walks in and he's like, oh, this kid walked through the drill. We're not, you know, we're creating, has that ever happened with you so far? Or is there any of that? It has, it has. And, and, you know, the stories always go, you know, the first time you take your boss in to see one of your guys, that usually happens, but uh, <laughs> no, it's, um, you know, I, I'll tell you another big part, uh, Brad, is, is, you know, w- uh, recruiting uh, a winner and guys that understand and that have come from winning programs. That is an important, uh, as, and I go back the last couple of years when, when this thing has got, we really locked into guys that have come from winning um, environments, people that have won state championships, people that, you know, Andres Feliz, you know, wins a national championship at JUCO. Um, those are big pieces, guys that understand what it takes to win, how, you know, how they go about themselves to help them win. And, um, you know, we haven't changed on that either. Jeff Alexander joining us talking about uh, recruiting, but we're going to, now we're going to switch to the current team. So you got some, you know, you got a pretty good team, I think. I mean, we, we're pretty excited, I know, and I I think you are too. So how are, how have the workouts gone? How do you feel like you've gone through this process? Uh, You know, we're excited you know, just like you are, um, we feel really good at, uh, you know, as far as, you know, how our roster stacks up, obviously we got a lot of guys coming back, um, and guys that uh, have experienced guys that have been through the fire, uh, knows, you know, the ins and outs of, of a long big 10, 20 game season, uh, the grind of it. Um, so, you know, they, we've been working hard. The guys have been coming in, getting extra work. Um, that's part of our culture. Um, it's, you know, it just breathes that on a daily basis, guys that come in, want to work, want to get better. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really looking forward to Friday and, and getting off to that first official practice. Um, you know, our guys, you know, when you've got older experienced guys 
that have gone through the, you know, the drill work from day one as a freshman. And, you know, now they're, you know, some of them are, you know, seniors or fifth year seniors. Um, sometimes uh, you have to find and be creative with ways to, to you know, to challenge them, uh, to try to keep them on edge. Um, and, and, and I think we've done a good job of doing that. Um, they're eager for Friday, just like we are as a staff. And, uh, you know, we're, we're super excited. How do you, how do you, do you ever have to put a limit? These guys are competitive and they, they all want to do well. Uh, do you ever get any moments in practice when the guys are super competitive to the point where you got to kind of pull them back and remind them that you're all on the same team? Oh, absolutely. It, uh, our, our practices are, uh, and, and, and Brad, you could probably attest to this. Our practices are very, very intense, uh, super competitive. Um, they're not uh, they're, they're a lot of live, not, um, you know, not much walking around, you know, walk through, you know, it's, it's upbeat, it's, it's pace, it's how we play. Yep. You know, when we want to get out there and play, you know, in the mid 70s, as far as possessions per game, and that's playing really fast, you got to practice that way. And it's competitive, it's, it's pace. And, um, you know, I, I, a lot of people have come through our practices and are very, very, uh, you know, eye-opened with how, you know, our guys compete, how hard we play, and the pace that we do it. You've got – so when I kind of – you mentioned having a lot of veteran guys, but, you know, the weird part about your team is, yeah, you've brought back eight guys and you got a lot of guys who played minutes and, you know, but you have six new guys – who are going to compete for playing time. I mean, on a team that has eight returning players, you bring in six guys. And, and a, some of these guys are really good. I mean, we, we've talked about on this podcast, uh, Austin, or um, we've talked about uh, Austin Hutcherson. We've talked about Alfonso Plummer. We've talked about Omar Payne. And then you've got the three freshmen, RJ Melendez, Brandon Podzemski, and um, Luke Goody. So you've got six guys to kind of throw in there. Is that is is it weird to have a team that is that that old, but also has that many new guys to kind of come in and, and push these these returners? Yeah, and it's a beautiful thing uh, when you've got we've got fifteen guys. All fifteen are really good players. That's going to make really really good practices. That's going to you know take the the intensity level and, and competitiveness from this le to a, a, another level. Um, you know, all the minutes, all the playing time, that, that that sorts itself out. They determine that. But it's fun on a daily basis to see this kind of talent going at each other. And uh, it, it, as you mentioned, uh, it does. Uh, there's days where uh, it's border. It, it gets really close to not saying out of control, but uh, to that point where you kind of got to step in. And, and that's a good thing. That's a beautiful thing for us as, as, as coaches and as a staff to be able to get them to that point. And, you know, uh, you know, that that's happens on a daily basis. So we're, we're, uh, we're pretty proud of that. That's important to us. Yeah. It's much easier to pull them back than to have to push them forward. You know what I mean? You're ready to man. So, so. Well, now, and, and the way we play, you know, when, when you play as hard as we do, and again, the pace that we play at, that has to be a, a, everyday thing everyday guy that you come in and you practice that way and you you build habits that way and uh you know obviously we've done that we've got to take a quick time out more with brad mike and a lot assistant coach jeff alexander after this 
Planning to repair or upgrade your home or place of business? Whether it's a leaky roof, windows or door, worn out siding or paint, outdated kitchen, bathroom or basement, look no further than HX Home Solutions, your one-stop shop for remodeling inside and out. Trusted by Chicagoland since 1950, find out why HX gets an A-plus rating by the Better Business Bureau. Call today, 224-880-6000. That's HX Home Solutions. 224-880-6000. Mention code NCAA and schedule your free estimates. Once again, 224-880-6000, HX Home Solutions. The Sports Spectacular, powered by IlliniGuys.com. Happy to have you bringing in October with us. Before the break, we were listening to part of the Starting for 30 podcast as Brad and Mike interviewed Illini assistant basketball coach Jeff Alexander. Let's return to that exchange. So, yeah. Jeff, I got to ask this. You know, you come off last year, fantastic year. You get the one seed. Um, it, you know, your program has, you know, we still got Brad Underwood at the top, but you've really changed. I mean, you're still, you're in a different role perhaps, but you know, it's still going to be there. How, how has your, how do you think this program has been able to overcome? I mean, really not many programs lose three assistants and then just bounce back and you feel like you're just the same. I mean, and I hate to say that you're the same because you know, I, you know, I love those guys that weren't, that aren't here anymore, but at the same time, it's just weird how you've been able to transition almost seamlessly into the new staff. Yeah. And, and, and Brett, as you mentioned, those guys, dear friends, um, guys we still talk to uh, very, very frequently uh, to this day, close, you know, our families were close. Uh, we were family. And uh, at the end of the day, they had, they had a decision to make and uh, they had to choose what was best for them. And uh, obviously, we, you know, we all know the, the, the end story, uh, but I'll say this, uh, Brad did an unbelievable job of building uh, the current staff and uh, guys that, uh, that, that fit. Guys, uh, we, we, we work extremely well together. Uh, there's tons of energy. There's tons of, um, you know, great communication amongst us. And uh, just, just happy. And, and I'll say this, you know, yeah, one of the big things, you know, obviously when, when you have staff turnover, uh, is the current team. And that was the, you know, the, the priority number one and only priority, uh, you know, during, you know, during the summer months uh, of keeping, you know, our guys in-house and, and, and keeping uh, our current roster where it is. And I feel great at that, you know, when you get two uh, super seniors that come back and obviously both of those guys could have gone and made, you know, good money playing somewhere and want to come back and be part of what you've got going and the culture that you've got, I think speaks highly of, of what we got going on here. And, um, you know, Brad's done, uh, as I mentioned, an unbelievable job of just, you know, keeping the train on the rails and, and, and moving forward. And, 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 you know, we're excited about this coming year. We feel like, you know, we've got the pieces to, to make another uh, championship run. Uh, that's our goal. That's the only goal we have. And, uh, you know, we're going to do everything we can on a daily basis to be, you know, those everyday guys to move, continue moving this thing where it's got to go. Yeah, to that point, you and I spent a lot of time in Atlanta sitting on a bench watching a mammoth human being sitting across the gym or or down the curve. It was just happened to be in the same place, right? You know, happened to be there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was a stressful time as as we, we talked about and uh um, you know, to Kofi's, you know, credit, um, you know, obviously he had a decision to make, um, put his name in the draft, went through the process. Um, we thought he did extremely well. 
uh, in the combine. We watched, you know, every chance we could. Got, you know, some good feedback from people. Um, obviously, uh, he took it all in, and their camp did uh, an extreme, extremely great job of, of evaluating it and then finding out, you know, hey, I need to go back and, and, and work on some things. And, uh, you know, Kofi's got a huge heart. And, uh, you know, there was some, you know, with what we talked about early with the staff uh, turnover, uh, there were some things that had to be discussed and explained to him and how it was going to work. And uh, we went through that process and, 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 you know, Brad was off the charts and, and, and basically breaking it down and uh, being very, very specific on the things and the communication. And uh, at the end of the day, Kofi, uh, he's got a huge heart. He knows where he belongs. He knows where his legacy is. And he knows uh, with, with him coming back where this team could go. And uh, he's working extremely hard. Uh, he's attacked it. You know, he's taken that feedback that he got from those people uh, at the next level and, and really going in and working really hard every single day on those things. Uh, he's, 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 you know, kind of, uh, you know, upset with, you know, because he has the ability to do that, some of those things. And he's just got to be able to show it. And uh, he's working extremely hard. You, now you're coaching the bigs this year, right? You're kind of been focused yeah. on the big men. Yeah. Uh, you, for the first time maybe since he's been here, Kofi has a guy who's similar in like size. I mean, I, I say similar because I don't think you can find anybody who's actually the same size. But you find someone, you know, Omar Payne's a, a you know, seeing him there, he, that's a big dude. I mean, that is a big guy. I mean, 6'10", yeah. 240, 250 pounds, that's a big guy. On most teams, that'd be a really big guy, but on Illinois, he just looks like you know Kofi's little brother sometimes. But how's that? How's that matchup going? And how, how how do they? Can you play those guys together at all when you look at this coming year? Yeah, and, and Omar's been off the charts. Omar's, um, you know, first and foremost, great great young man uh, that comes from a great family, um, and uh, has come in here. And uh, obviously coming from the University of Florida, he's had, you know, a couple years of experience. You know, he's been through a, you know, a power five schedule, a power five league uh, a couple years and understands kind of what the, you know, what it takes. But uh, he's come in. He's an unbelievable listener. He's a sponge. He wants to do everything. And this is almost to a fault, Brad. He wants to do everything perfect. And as we all know, this game's nobody's ever perfect in this game. And he has to get through some of that and understand by him playing extremely hard and using his God-given abilities, those mistakes that he will make are, are going to be covered up by those. And, you know, he's full. I mean, he's uh, – I, I, I love him. I say this a lot. And Kofi's the same way. We have really, really – great listeners and guys that take what you give them in coaching and try to apply it. And it's really, really important for them or to them to try to do what you ask. Many thanks to Jeff Alexander for his time and job well done by Brad and Mike. You can hear the entire interview on the Sturdy for 30 podcast, and you can find that on IlliniGuys.com. Bulls PA announcer Tim Sinclair up next on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. Growing your family opening your own business, retiring to travel, leaving your legacy. At Busey Bank, we know there's a lot to look forward to and a lot of planning along the way. Celebrate your life's milestones by putting your money to work. Busey Bank, building business, growing wealth since 1868. 
Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini, member FDIC. The Illini Guys Sports Spectacular continues. Time now for our Game Changers segment presented by HX Home Solutions. Larry Smith here, Brad Sturdy, Mike Cagley. We've got Patrick Quinn uh, working the board, and he'll jump in here because he's got a special connection to this guy. Uh, Tim Sinclair, starting his second season as the Bulls' public address announcer, joins us now on the line. Uh, Tim, welcome to the show. It's got to be pretty cool to get to do this uh, in front of a full house now, right? Do you feel cheated by, by COVID last year? I feel like I'm well-practiced, I think, more than anything. Uh, we had four games last season with uh, with fans in the stands, and it was a very limited number of fans. So heading into this year with hopefully uh, 20 or 21,000 strong, uh, it'll be a welcome change for sure. So tell us about your journey. How do we get from Muhammad Seymour High School to doing uh, Major League Soccer, Illinois Athletics, and the Bulls and the Bears? How did this all happen, pal? You know, I, I wish I had a simple answer for that, and it was it was really on accident. I, I loved broadcasting and jumped into radio fairly quickly after high school and uh, loved sports but never mixed the two uh, until right after uh, Jim Shepard, actually, when he left Illinois, someone said, oh, you should apply to be the new public address announcer for the Illini. Well, I, I thought it sounded amazing, of course, but um, didn't really have any experience. I, I sent a resume and a, a makeshift tape and, of course, crickets. Like, I heard <laughs> nothing from anyone for a solid year. They, I think they had already hired Mike Cation, but regardless, they were not interested in any way, shape, or form. Um, but a year later, they were in a pinch, I think, for a baseball game and needed somebody to do public address. And I guess my file was still in someone's garbage can somewhere. And they said, uh, let's call him. So I got this email or phone call said, Hey, could you come help us with the baseball game? And that's really how it started. Um, I fell in love with it right away. Uh, you know, we often talk about getting bit by the radio bug, but I got bit by the public address bug and I, I, I wasn't very good, but I knew it was something I wanted to do more of. And uh, thankfully they let me, uh, they asked me to do some other Illini events later that year. And eventually one thing leads to the next, leads to the next. And, um, you know, then I did get the men's basketball job eight years after I applied for it. Um, the Chicago things come to those who wait. What was that? Good things come to those who wait. I suppose. Yeah. I didn't expect to wait eight years, but uh, it worked out. And then uh, I got the Pacers job, won a contest with them. And from that point, um, things really started to snowball. You really came close with the Cubs too, right? So that was really, I take, you know, I was disappointed. I got second place out of 3000 for the Cubs job back in 2011. But, but I take that as a, at least at the time of a, maybe I can't, maybe this is more than a hobby. Maybe I can turn this into something. Maybe somebody will need a PA guy down the line at a big time, uh, you know, college or a pro level. And that that's really what led me to believe that maybe I could do it. That is so cool. What kind of preparation does that take? What's a, what's a regular work day like for a public address announcer? Thankfully, my job's way easier than like play-by-play guys who have to know story and stats and, and all those kinds of things. My job mainly is pronounce the names right and then call what you see on the floor and make sure that the fans have the correct information that they need. In basketball, obviously, that's fouls, who scored, score at the end of the quarters, things like that. In football, it's a, it's a much more um, 
you talk a lot more, I guess, in football because you're doing down and distance, who caught it, who carried it, who made the tackle, all those kinds of things. And so it's just, it's a lot of information, knowing how to say guys' names right or girls' names right. And then, um, you know, you've got all the marketing ends of things too and making sure you get stuff uh, set at the right time for the right sponsors so everybody stays happy. Uh, what's the hardest name you had to pronounce in your career? There are a lot of them. The, my favorite is probably uh, she played for the Illini women's team for about three years uh, from Greece. All the Greek names are hard. And her name is Nancy Panayotopoulou and Um, All of that did not fit on her jersey. They could only use the Panayotopoulou part, the, the other hyphenated part they <laughs> didn't even bother with. But uh, it's like 11 syllables in her last name, I believe. So you recently said that you're going to be on the NBA 2K and my son and I have played it a couple of times and there you are the PA voice. Tell us about that. Uh, man, that's uh, my boys play it too. Uh, and I had always kind of thought when they were playing, man, it would be really cool if, um, you know, I could one day be, be a part of that. And all of a sudden I get a phone call and it was from 2k folks who said they wanted to make PA guys a part of the experience. And so when you play as the Chicago Bulls, you'll hear me do the starting lineups and, uh, and call the game uh, like a public address announcer would if you were actually in the stadium. And, um, man, opportunity of a lifetime for sure. What, what, what's that like? Have your, have your boys played the game yet with your voice on it? They have. They have. They, I mean, to them, I feel like they've almost grown up with this, you know, from the time they were born, going to games, sitting on my lap in the press box or in press row behind me at basketball games. And um, so it's kind of old hat to them, but they definitely get some street cred with their friends in junior high, um, you know, to be able to talk about that. So that's been kind of cool. Uh, Grace, I'll share. My daughter is now in college. When she went to kindergarten, the teacher came up and said, is your daddy on TV? And she said without hesitating, yes, but only when he goes to work. <laughs> I like it. Best response ever. So, is there something in the water at Muhammad? Do we all have to go into? Is it a broadcasting school? What is it? Yeah, you? Know, we should we should let everyone know that that these guys, Patrick and Tim, went to Muhammad Seymour High School together. We should. I alluded to that at the beginning, but we should clear that up. That you guys yeah. knew each other way back in the day. Yeah, it's a, it's a thing, I guess. You know, um, I had no idea that uh, so many of us would end up there. Um, I don't know what to attribute it to other than it is a great school. And I feel like they prepared me well from a, the ability to speak and present ideas uh, fluidly. And, uh, you know, you learn a lot on the fly, too. But uh, certainly it was a good foundation. No regrets on not being a, 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 an architect? <laughs> no, very few. Um, you know, maybe I could afford to go to these games that they're paying me to go to now. But uh, getting to actually work them. And to go for free, and yeah, I mean, there there aren't any better jobs in the world than I could think of. Very cool. And we should we should also say Mike Cagley, who stepped out of the room, also a Muhammad Seymour High School grad, though a few years uh, older. Hey, Tim, listen, uh, we're out of time, but man, great to talk with you. Congratulations again on um, the success. What a great career! We can't wait to get to United Center and hear you live and in person. Um, you've done such a great job over the years, and and have fun with the video game. Like I mean. How, how many of us get a chance to do not just what we're doing now, but to be on a video game is really cool. That's pretty neat. And the, and the great part is all the hard work was done uh, during one week in Los Angeles. And um, so now I just get to sit back and people can hear me whenever they want as they play. And uh, no more, uh, no skin off my back because I don't have to do any more work. It's been that's, done. That's right. In, in perpetuity. That's right. Right. that's right. Tim Sinclair, he's the public address announcer of the Bulls, joining us here uh, on our Game Changers segment presented by HX Home Solutions. Tim, all the best. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
All right. Hey, thanks again. We've got more Sports Spectacular on the way right here on the Illini Guys Radio Network.